Hello, everybody, and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Friday, October 20th, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. It's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. How was your week? How was your weekend looking? I hope it's looking pretty good. Mine's looking pretty good. I think I'm going to have a pretty good weekend. going to have a relaxing weekend. Not going to be working on any trivia episodes, which will be kind of nice. It's going to take the weekend off. Uh, now, if this is your first time listening to the show, I want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, topics, or categories. But we do have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday. No weekends, as I mentioned. Each day gets progressively harder. So, of course, today's Friday, which means that today will be the hardest day of the week. We're ending the week on a hard note. But that's okay because we have the weekend to relax. We can take it easy. We can come back on Monday, and it's going to be easy again. So, if you find this episode to be a bit too challenging... Just take the weekend off, no problem. Come back on Monday. It'll be the easiest day of the week. On the other hand, if you find today's episode to be a bit too simple, well, pat yourself on the back. I congratulate you because this is as hard as it gets. Now, without any further delay, let's get to today's round of questions with question number one. What punctuation mark ends an imperative sentence? Period. The answer there is a period. The imperative mood is a grammatical mood that forms a command or a request. The imperative mood is used to demand or require that an action be performed. It is usually found only in the present tense, second person. They are sometimes called directives as they include a feature that encodes directive force and another feature that encodes modality of unrealized interpretation. So, do you understand all that? If you don't, here's an example. An example of the verb used in an imperative mood is the English phrase, go, right? Like if you just said go, like go, go away, go, that would be an example of an imperative mood. And of course, when you say that, unless you're exclaiming it, if you're just saying it, it ends in a period. Moving on to question number two, the Hassan Second Mosque, the second largest mosque in Africa with the world's second largest minaret, is located in what city? That city is located in northern Africa. It shares its name with a very famous film, and that city is Casablanca. The Hassan II Mosque is a mosque in Casablanca, Morocco. It is the largest functioning mosque in Africa, and it is the 14th largest in the world. Its minaret is the world's second tallest minaret at 210 meters tall. It's equivalent to about 689 feet. It was completed in 1993, and it was designed by Michel Pinceau under the guidance of King Hassan II and built by Moroccan artisans from all over the kingdom. So once again, the Hassan II Mosque, the second largest mosque in Africa, is located in Casablanca. Question number three. The largest and most famous 
lemur species, the ring-tailed lemur, can be found on what island? And that island is Madagascar, off of the east coast of southern Africa. Lemurs are wet-nosed primates of the superfamily, ready for this one, Lemuridia. It is divided into eight families and consists of 15 genia and around 100 existing species. They are endemic to the island of Madagascar, and most existing lemurs are small. They have pointed snouts, large eyes, and a long tail. They chiefly live in trees and are active at night. Lemurs share resemblance with other primates, but evolved independently from monkeys and apes. Due to Madagascar's highly seasonal climate, lemur evolution has produced a level of species diversity, rivaling that of any other primate group. Now, whenever I think of lemurs, of course, I have to think of the movie Madagascar. And uh, King Julian? Classic. A classic character. Very funny. Very entertaining. Unfortunately, I think that's one of those movie franchises that they just, they did too much. You know, you look up Madagascar, they got movies. They got five movies, six movies. They got movies for the Penguins. I think King Julian even has his own. In any case, the original was the best. Second one was pretty good too. King Julian, as a matter of fact, I think he might have been a ring-tailed lemur. And uh, they were all found on Madagascar. Question number four. Which country invented ice cream? And that country are our neighbors in the east. That is China. Ice cream is a frozen dessert typically made from milk or cream that has been flavored with a sweetener, either sugar or an alternative, and a spice such as cocoa or vanilla. The earliest evidence of anything approaching ice cream uh, was actually found in China in the Tang period. That was roughly uh, around 618 to 907 AD. Buffalo, cows, and goat's milk was heated and allowed to ferment. This, uh, this type of yogurt was then mixed with flour for thickening, was mixed with camphor for flavor, and was then refrigerated before being served. So it had the uh, it had the milk or cream, right? It had the dairy aspect to it. It had something for thickening. It had something for flavor. And of course, it was refrigerated. So I guess you could you could say that was the closest you could get to ice cream. That was back in uh, that was back in the Tang period of China. Moving on to question number five: What is the name? of the largest bay on the planet Earth. Now that's bay, as in the oceanic bay, and the largest bay on Earth is the Bay of Bengal. The Bay of Bengal is the northeastern part of the Indian Ocean. Geographically, it is positioned between the Indian subcontinent and the Indo-Chinese Peninsula, located below the Bengal region of India, which is where it gets its name. It is the largest water region called a bay in the world. Not only it is the largest 
Bay in the world, but it also has Cox Bazaar, which is the longest sea beach in the world, and it has the uh, and it has the Sundarbans, which is the largest mangrove forest and the natural habitat of the Bengal tiger, which are also located along the bay. So, biggest bay on planet Earth. I actually got this one wrong. I guessed Hudson Bay, which I thought was a pretty good guess, but not as big as the Bay of Bengal. Moving on to question number six. What type of animal is a Flemish giant? And the answer there is a rabbit. That's right, it is a bunny. The Flemish giant rabbit is the largest breed of domestic rabbit. Flemish giants are historically a utility breed used for their fur and meat. They are often kept as pets as they are known for being docile and patient when being handled. Flemish giant rabbits weigh roughly 6.8 kilograms. That's about 15 pounds on average. Though the largest ones can weigh up to 10 kilograms, about 22 pounds. The longest one on record, which holds the record for the longest rabbit in the world of any kind, measured in at, <laughs> ready for this, it measured in at 1.3 meters. That is 4 feet and 3 inches long. That's a bunny rabbit. I mean, that's bigger than most, I mean, that's bigger than most Labrador retrievers. You look at a golden retriever. There's a giant bunny rabbit out there that was as long as that golden retriever. It's insane. You look these things up. You should look up a picture of these if you haven't seen any of them. They're, they're quite impressive. That's the Flemish giant, the giant bunny rabbit of Belgium. Moving on to question number seven. Who was the first non-American to win the Golf Masters Tournament? And that professional golfer was Gary Player. Gary James Player is a South African retired professional golfer who is widely considered to be one of the greatest golfers of all time. During his career, Player won nine major championships on the regular tour and nine major championships on the Champions Tour. At the age of 29, Player won the 1965 U.S. Open, became the only non-American to win all four majors in a career, which is known as the Career Grand Slam. Now, at the time, he was the youngest player to do this, though Jack Nicklaus did it at 26, and Tiger Woods, who did it at 24, subsequently broke this record. So that's Gary James Player, the South African. Something that was, something that I was reading, which is kind of funny, is um, the Masters Tournament, they win their their prize is a green jacket right a, a green sports coat um and the rule is is that you have to keep it in augusta you have to keep it at the golf club you can't take it home with you well gary players didn't know that he's the only south african he wasn't aware that you had to leave it and so when his tournament was done and he won and he got his green jacket he packed it up and he went home he took it all the way back to south africa and they had to give him a long-distance phone call and tell him, hey, actually, you know, sorry to do this to you, Gary, but it is kind of tradition. You do, 
you know, you do kind of leave that here. That's kind of part of the rules. So apparently he had to mail it back, which I found quite entertaining. Anyway, that's the first non-American golfer to win the Masters Tournament. That is Gary Player. Moving on to question number eight. Who wrote the Howard Hughes autobiography, quote-unquote, that ended up sending him to jail? And that author was Clifford Michael Irvin. Clifford Michael Irving was an American novelist and investigative reporter. Although he published about 20 novels, he is best known for an autobiography, quote-unquote, allegedly written as told by Irving by billionaire recluse Howard Hughes. The fictional work was to have been published in 1972, after Hughes denounced him and sued the publisher, McGraw-Hill, Irving and his collaborators confessed to the hoax. He was then sentenced to two and a half years in prison, of which he served 17 months. Now, for those of you who don't know who Howard Hughes was, he was a billionaire back in like the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. He kind of got Hollywood started, um, and then he kind of went a little crazy later in life, and um, kept to himself, had some weird stories. I don't remember all of it, but in any case, evidently Clifford Michael Irving came out with an autobiography that was not actually an autobiography, but it was about Howard Hughes. And apparently it got him sent to prison, so got to be careful. Can't go writing stories about uh, about billionaires, even if they are a little weird. Can't do it, they'll come after you. Let's move on to question number nine. What nut... That's right. What nut is used to make marzipan? And the nut that's found in marzipan is an almond. Marzipan is not just a fun word to say. I think it's a fun word to say, but it's also a confection consisting primarily of sugar, honey, and almond meal, sometimes augmented also with almond oil or extract. It is often made into sweets. Common uses are chocolate-covered marzipan and small marzipan imitations of fruit and vegetables. It can also be used in biscuits or rolled into thin sheets and glazed for icing cakes, primarily birthday cakes, wedding cakes, and Christmas cakes. So, all of that is where marzipan can be found, but before you get marzipan, you first have an almond. Moving on to our final question of the day, question number 10. Who was the British Prime Minister before Theresa May? Leonard James Callahan, Baron Callahan of Cardiff, commonly known as Jim Callahan, was a British politician who served as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom from 1976 to 1979 and leader of the Labour Party from 1976 to 1980. Callahan is the only person to have held all four great offices of state, 
This was, uh, he served the Chancellor of the Exchequer from 1964 to 1967. He was Home Secretary from 1967 to 1970. He was Foreign Secretary from 1974 to 1976. And of course, he was Prime Minister from 1976 to 1979. He was a member of Parliament from 1945 to 1987. That is quite an impressive resume for a guy that I've never heard of, but why would I? I'm not British, because that man is Jim Callahan. So that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. Now, as always, if you found this round to be a bit too challenging, you know what? Take the weekend off, relax a little bit, come back on Monday, recharge your batteries. We're going to have a good episode for you on Monday. It's going to be nice and easy. On the other hand, if you found this one to be a bit too simple, if you knew who Jim Callahan was, if you knew who wrote the autobiography for Howard Hughes, if you knew that the Bay of Bengal was bigger than the Hudson Bay, well, I congratulate you. This is as hard as it gets, but I still think you should tune in on Monday to listen to our easiest episode of the week. I want to thank all of you again for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you on Monday.